I'm Alex Keller. I'm Alex Keller. That's a lie. I'm just kidding, everybody. I'm Mike Harding. I'm mad at you stealing my identity. <laughs> this is the Filmtastic Voyage. Mike, when I woke up this morning, I was not expecting to see the news oh my God. that Star Wars The Clone Wars has been renewed for a season fucking seven. You kidding We're me? We're just launching right launching into right, that. Because I can't contain my excitement. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. I was like, so I was at work and like occasionally at work, you know, I'll go on Facebook because like, you know, I got to clear my head. I'm working hard. Just yeah. go on Facebook for a minute, whatever. And so I saw that on Facebook, Star Wars had changed their banner to a picture of a clone trooper's helmet with Ahsoka's markings on it yeah which i knew as concept art from the siege of mandalore scrapped series finale that they were gonna make and when until they canceled clone wars and then there was a little hashtag that said clone wars saved and i was like whoa oh wow. what does that mean what does that mean yeah and then uh you know like half an hour later they uh the Comic-Con news all came out and was all packaged and all that. And so there's a fucking trailer and everything. And so they're making season seven for Disney's new streaming service coming out next year. Great. And they're going to finally finish the Clone Wars as always meant to be. And I'm just so happy. Well, you know what, Alex? I'll make this promise to you. Before that season comes out, I'll finish up the Clone Wars. Oh, good. You better. You yeah. best. But there you go. I'm hoping that they have that episode that they teased. Where Cad Bane fights Boba Fett, and then that's really all I want to see. Cad Bane. He's that well, purple. He's, he's blue. Okay, with the cowboy hat. He's a little. He's a little blue guy he's with the tall. cowboy hat. I was gonna say he's that Duros, which like means nothing. Uh, he's that Duros with the cowboy hat and the tubes. Yeah, that guy. I'm down with that. That guy's a little fun guy. He's yeah. like the Ed Harris of uh, Ooh, of the Clone he Wars. Is like the Ed Harris of the he's, Clone Wars. <laughs> But like the Westworld Ed Harris of, yeah. of the Clone Wars. Well, I haven't seen Westworld, so I wouldn't know. Oh, okay. But it's just like everyone loves the Clone Wars in the Star Wars community. It's like the first time I actually like went back into like the Star Wars uh, message, not message, but like the Reddit and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, ever since like Solo came out, because I was just so like over it. Like it's like there's nothing more to say. I'm out of here. And then I came back today because I was like, yeah, Star Wars is great again. Yeah. And everyone Star was like, Star Wars is great again. Well, not like that, but like everyone is like everyone's like fuck yeah, Star Wars. And there's like yeah. you know everyone's on the same page, which is very nice. And so it yeah. made me feel all warm and fuzzy inside you know what it's actually a pretty good move to be putting this out and i uh, you know again i don't want i i really really we're very long in the tooth when it comes to talking about last jedi but like it's good that they're putting this out because i think there was a lot of people that sort of fell right off the right off the train with mm -hmm. with that last movie yeah no it's a good move and also like a couple, bringing well, them back a so. couple quick points i want to th i was thinking about when I was like driving over here, is uh, thing number one, people were like, oh man, the prequels so good at world building. The prequels were not good at world building. No, the Clone not. Wars, the Clone Wars helped make the prequels yeah. so much more worthwhile. And like, I think people tend to forget that because it's all kind of the same now. Like, it all. Hey, I just assume watch the same just saga. the Clone Wars. No, yeah, but the Clone Wars made like filled in so many gaps and was such a huge band aid on some of the things that the more vague and yes. confusing aspects of the prequel <laughs> trilogy. And I think people kind of forget that. And so when they say, 
oh man, like the prequel trilogy was so much better at world building. I'm gonna go ahead and say not no. really because there's By a lot of so, no because like before like it, the whole thing was very confusing before like who the fuck was master Sifo Diaz what the fuck's a trade federation none of that was really explained as a kid you're just kind of enjoying all the fucking cool buildings as, yeah as someone who has only really watched the prequels by themselves and i've seen some of clone wars but i again i haven't gotten through a lot of it i can say that the prequels felt like Let's take as much stuff as we can. Let's take as much shit as we can and just cram it in. Let's just, like, any alien we can, any, like, you know, let's just take whatever we can and just fucking cram it in. You know what I mean? And that's not the same as world building. Yeah, and while I see, like, the sequel trilogy is a little sparse on world building, but mark my words, there will be just as much, you know, and there's, like, the new... um, John Favreau TV show. There's right. like you know the new Dave Filoni uh, animated show. There's going to be shows that will fill in those gaps and well, make the sure. sequel trilogy just as like full and rich as the prequel trilogy is now because it, there was a seven, yeah. six, six, and six seasons of a TV show to fill in all that that blank space. Well, and also I'm going to call it right now. Episode nine is going to be just a fan service fuck. I, maybe it won't be. I don't know, but I I get the, I get this impression that like. J.J. Abrams is going to come in, great guns, right? Guns a-blazing, and it's just going to be, like, just the biggest fucking... Like, it's going to swing completely the other way on the pendulum and Mm -hmm. be like, here's a bunch of aliens, here's a bunch of, you know, like, here's a bunch of swashbuckling, here's a bunch of action, here's a bunch of... It's just going to be, like, an overload of that. Go ahead. Well, I was just saying, I hope episode nine is, like, the prequel trilogy is episode three, where it sort of is that... Ties everything up in a nice it's bow. A, it's the distillation of what that trilogy is. Yeah. It, like, it's the look of it. It's the yeah. feel of it. Like, episode three is basically the only movie of the prequel trilogy that, like, is, like, you know, like, the, like if you want to get a sense of what the prequel trilogy is, that's the one you that's look at. Because it's, like, yeah. it's everything. It's the Clone Wars, which is weird that the big kind of, now nowadays, like, the big prequel trilogy draws the Clone Wars, and that's because of the TV show, and that's because of the episode three. I just hope episode nine is like that. Sure. And I think it will be. Where it's like episode one and two are just preamble to three in the Clone Wars, where like yeah. eight and seven and eight are just kind of preamble to what nine is and what everything. So like I just want Disney and Lucasfilm and JJ and Kathleen Kennedy and all those people to just sort of make episode nine like their own thing, make that what's what the tree, tree sequel trilogy is about, and then like you know what build I th- everything off of that. Yeah. You know what? I just had this idea. You know it would be spectacular? Mm-hmm. Is that at the end of episode nine, it's a cliffhanger, and then they announce episode ten. I wouldn't mind that just because I How think awesome t- would that be? People will probably be all pissed off or whatever, but I don't care oh, because I'd eat that up. I would like it just because like I think I told you that episode eight feels less like the middle chapter of a trilogy and more like the end of the first chapter of a lo- of a, of a of a story. Like, you know? Sure. Well you could you could basically say like episode seven and eight are almost like if you were to connect them it could be like one movie. It's basically one movie, and I think yeah. if you view it like that, it's a lot less annoying for like the people like me who view an episode as sort of a historical landmark in this right. ongoing narrative. But now, episode not. Did you hear the other big Star Wars news? I'm excited. About, about I'm nine? excited about this. Huh? About episode nine casting for episode nine. Uh, well, there's two different ones. Billy D. Williams. Yeah, coming back as Lando. I heard that. Billy too. D. Williams coming back as Lando. I hope he doesn't do much. Oh, I hope he just comes in. Well, first of all, swinging dick. He's not gonna. Have you seen <laughs> Billy D. Williams? He's not doing great. 
Well, he's aged. No, but like he can't move very well. He can't talk very well. Have can't you seen, move Have very you seen well. him in interviews and stuff? Like a Star Wars celebration, he's slowed down. Really? Like he looks, he's just like, he acts old. He looks old. It's not like. Oh, I, he, I did not know that. Well, I don't know. He actually, he voices Lando pretty good and stuff though. So he's probably, he could do it. I just don't want to, well, first of all, I just want to show up. Like I want him, his role to be as big as Maz Kanan's role in episode eight where he shows up and he's like, hey, how you doing? I'm Lando. Hey, Chewbacca. And then, uh, <laughs> you know. And he, then he winks and he smiles and he goes off and does his own thing. Because I don't want him to fucking die. And I don't want him to like be a main character. I just want him to Could show you him. imagine if he was the only survivor? I mean... It- <laughs> he will be. What I, what, okay, what I picture is him coming in, right? And he's like, hey, guys, I hear we're saving the, <laughs> saving the Republic again. Where's Luke? Where's Han? Where's Leia? And, and then Chewbacca's like, right? And he's like, oh, they're all dead. Oh, and then he turns around and walks away and leaves the movie. That'd be pretty. That'd be you can make it a little funny, like fourth wall breaking thing, which they shouldn't yeah. do because Star Wars doesn't need fourth wall breaking. No, please don't. But it'd be like, well, that's kind of stupid or something like that. You know, it's like all of them dead. That would a waste of talent. <laughs> he just I, goes check, please, and then yeah. Anyways, I just hope it's a minor role, and it's still a rumor though. It's not an official announcement. Really? Yeah. Oh, darn. I mean, like it's like you know, inside sources say this is happening. They should. I mean, they could have like Leia's funeral because it's basically yeah, ine- like inevitable. Speak. Like that'd be a inevitable, cool role where he right? speaks at the funeral. Like that would like, and then or he leaves the movie. Have him cut to him looking out a window longingly. You know, like he's like, oh man, I'm sad. You know, in my space wheelchair, in which is Star Wars canon. Him being in a wheelchair? No, uh, space wheelchairs exist in the oh. Star Wars universe. There was. I don't think there was uh, any question of them not. Right. I mean. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's probably built with the same technology as the pod racers, you know, just hovering above the ground there. Anyway, no, I mean, like, yeah, Uncle Owen's dad. Uh, oh yeah, that's has right. one of them in episode two. Yeah, that's right. Lars Xaviering around. No, in his, yeah, in his fun wheelchair. Uh, anyways, and I'm more excited about. I think this is more official, but also not official. Like Star Wars announcement, but I'm very excited about Carrie Russell joining the yeah. cast episode nine. I love Carrie Russell and everything. Wasn't there some speculation that maybe she's like the uh, she's like the head of the I don't know of the uh, New Order or something? The first Order, First Order. Shit, I'm no, sorry. No, Kylo Ren's the head of the First Order. I'm even paying. He's attention. not the head of it. He's the fucking supreme leader. You've been paying attention. He killed the supreme and leader, now he's but the, that doesn't mean he's the supreme leader. He's the new supreme leader. Oh my god! Is he really just? I gotta explain everything. Hold hold on, hold on. Because what I'm saying is like there was never some like rites of passage in episode eight. There there was no, because like he kills the supreme leader, and then Hux was like the supreme leader is dead, and like Ren's like yes, the supreme leader is dead, and then Hux is like long live the new supreme leader. Using that 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 phrase correctly, and that's one of my favorite scenes in that movie. And then I think, and then when they're attacking Crate, he's like, "Supreme Leader, don't do this." Like he refers to him as Supreme Leader. That's right. Gotta watch that movie again, man. I hey, yeah. Well, I'll be (laughs) here whenever you want. I love that movie. Oh, even though it seems like I don't. Don't you backpedal, sir? I've always loved that movie. I I just I I can complain. I know. I have ideological issues with it that don't supersede my love for the movie, though. Okay. Um, like I said, I put it about around the same level as like an episode three, right? Um, and then uh, real quick thing, I was also thinking is like people will for the Clone Wars will be like, oh man, praise Dave Filoni, what a fucking savior! And it's like you know Kathleen Kennedy had a Greenland this series too, so people are just people don't know what the f- you know. It, honestly, dude, 
people can say nowadays that, oh, man, you know, our society is so bad. People are so dumb and they don't know what they're talking about. It's always that's just the human condition. Honestly, like people have always been misguided, you know, like with information and stuff. People have always been misguided. So well, people love to blame people for things that aren't necessarily sure. their fault. Right. Uh, you know, they don't get the full picture. Yeah. Anyways, that's exciting. I'm pretty chuffed. Me too. Just pleased as punch sitting over here. Yeah. Um. So, Alex, speaking of movies, I mean, damn. Hot damn. What, what have you seen lately? What haven't we talked about? I've seen just a buttload of movies. Oh, well, uh, let me uh, go ahead and get this, pull this bandaid right off, and I'll sure. finish the Mission Impossible rewatchathon. Yeah. So I finally saw Rogue Nation. Well, not finally saw. I mean, like, compared to... Rewatched it? it. Well, so, like, last week was last week. So last week we talked about three and four. So now I'm talking about five. Yeah. And uh, da- hot damn, it's a good series of movies. Uh, in terms of, well, it's a good three movies. Good three movies. Mission Impossible three, four, and five is a good, good, a neat fucking good little trilogy you got going on there. Yeah, three figures out what's going on, and four and five take it home. And five is really, really good. I like four a little better because four has more like fantastic gadgets and whiz bang zoom kind of action stuff. Four is a tighter movie, I feel. Right? Yeah, no, yeah, I don't know, but I not really. I mean, they're both the same. Five almost feels I, I don't know I, I mean of course you saw these recently I haven't but it, I I felt like four was hip and five was more like hey this is like your dad's Mission Impossible eh I don't know you could say that I <laughs> they both thought about the same I will say that five five has some really great set pieces five is like on the one where like Tom Cruise got like really crazy with his stunts I feel oh well like because it was the whole plane thing right the plane. and the sixth one it seems they're just like unleashing Tom Cruise in the world like. He flies over motorcycles and Well, like, shit. motorcycles, he's jumping out of planes, he's, like, jumping over buildings, breaking his foot and stuff. I'm telling you, man, he has a <laughs> death wish. That guy, go home, I, that guy goes home every night, probably, and, and just, like, picks up an apple, right, to eat it, and he, he just gets so enraged and squeezes it because he hasn't died that day. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine he goes home and he puts on, like, a flame suit and lights himself on fire just because he can. He just, like, sits in his yard <laughs> in a pose. He like it's like times himself for how long he can stay on fire until he's got like an AD to, or an ADA a personal assistant to put him out. Right, yeah. It's like two minutes. Damn it. Yeah, he's like you know he's cooking he's cooking some dinner for uh, I, I assume he has a wife or a girlfriend right now. Uh well he got divorced like a few years ago. That's, well yeah from uh, from uh, Rachel Dawes, uh, or what whatever her name is in Katie real life. Holmes. Katie Holmes, yeah. Um, but like I could picture him trying to do every single thing dangerously, right? Like even like cooking a meal, he like overcooks it so it gets all like uh, carcinogenic. Uh-huh. So he could just be like, "Hey, this is really carcinogenic." He doesn't have a stairway in his house. He's got a rock wall. <laughs> yeah. You go to the second floor. He just climbs up there. He parkours through his house. <laughs> he probably does parkour through his house. In all honesty, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, five is good. Five. Uh... Has probably the best villain of the series. Who, Alec Baldwin? No, he's. Yeah. In, I mean, he's good in that movie, but no, the the just that weird British counter agent guy. See, the funny thing is, I don't remember. I don't remember a Solomon damn Lane. thing about that guy. He was like, well, he's just kind of got like he's like a pretty typical Bond villain, but a pretty typical Bond villain is usually, generally speaking, still a pretty good villain. And the Mission Impossible movies have. Almost uh, the only other good villain in the whole movie 
is okay. uh, is um you know Philip Seymour Hoffman. Right. And even then Philip Seymour Hoffman's sort of He's just he, He's like an arms dealer though. He doesn't have yeah. much in terms of like broad characterization. Is it like, this he's guy? Like, yeah, that guy. Okay. Solomon Lane. Okay. Like he's got like a whole thing and he's apparently he's coming back in the new one. Well, okay, yeah, that's that's what I'm seeing here at least. Is that yeah, that's the same guy that was in the the trailer, right? Yeah. For the new one? Okay. He's like, you know, like the world can only be fixed if it's blowed up. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or whatever, and uh, so like that guy seems pretty. He was pretty interesting. Like, so Phil Seymour Hoffman's interesting, but like the problem with that is more of a movie problem where it's like I got to get this rabbit's foot. We don't know where it is because I'm J.J. Abrams at all, and I'm not going to tell you what things are because it's literally it's a, it's the most MacGuffin-y MacGuffin. Deal with it, that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then he gets hit by a car for some reason. Like I don't know. Like, but Mission Impossible Four's villain is really bad in that like he. Is he just forgettable? I don't remember. Like he him. like doesn't say much, and he shows up just to be like, "Haha, all according to plan." And he like leaves. He doesn't get much presence. He's just like not a great villain. Oh, uh, okay. And also, he's like a college professor who turned evil and has like an army of goons. Well, not really an army. He's got a goon, but he's got like a lot of like he can sneak into the Kremlin. Like, how does this guy do this stuff? Okay, he's got like that crazy mask technology. It, you know what's funny about these villains? Yeah, I mean, okay, so I, I could say this about 4 and 5, definitely, and, like, 2, and I guess 1, but 1 was just John Voight, right? Yeah. Is they're all just, like, these, like, boring-ass-looking white dudes? Like, I mean, I and, and I guess what I mean is, like, they're just these normal, forgettable-looking villains, right? Where yeah. it's like you could easily make them interesting. Like, I yeah, think you Phil- give them a mustache? Well, here's the thing: is like Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman has an interesting face, and he has an interesting voice, and he has an interesting, interesting way of acting. And it's not that he's like a mustache twirling villain. It's just he's inherently re- like memorable. Yeah, he was great in that movie because he's scary, which yeah is unique for even like a Bond villain, where he's just like, "What's your name?" Right, your name? and he's like realistically scary, killer. like yeah. that kind of way. It's like, ooh, he's yeah. cold. Uh, it knows how to push your buttons, right? Um, I don't know. I like the but the the, the five villains more of a you know cold calculated Bond villain where he sits at a yeah. desk and he's like you know doing playing forty chess in his head or whatever. <laughs> um, and five's got some really cool set pieces, some good heists, some really good chase sequences. They had a bunch of motorcycles, right? Mm, yeah, that was a good good motorcycle yeah. chase. Um, this dude likes his motorcycle chases. Uh, Tom Cruise, uh, whoever this director is. Because well, t- six is gonna have a yeah, bunch of that Christopher too. McQuarrie also wrote the movie too. He's a good writer. He oh, wrote okay. Live Die Repeat or Edge of Tomorrow, whatever the Real? fuck you want to oh, call it. Yeah. Okay. Um yeah, he's done a couple movies. He's well, a good for him. talented guy. I listened to a podcast of, with him talking about writing and stuff, and he just knows what he's talking about, it seems. Wow. And I hear Mission Impossible Six is gonna be off the chain. Its reviews are like true to roof. I think it's gonna be the movie this summer. I mean Definitely. like I wouldn't like star anything Star Wars notwithstanding. This is like my most anticipated movie of the year outside of like Infinity War, which is like I like, you know, a month ago, two months ago, before I started watching these movies again, I was like looking forward to it, but not as much as I am now. Now I'm like genuinely excited. I got my tickets yeah. booked and everything. Yeah, I, I think it's gonna be the movie this summer for sure. Um and you know, good on Henry Henry Cavill for sticking it out with that mustache, man. He, he made obligated. the right choice. Made the right choice sticking it out with that mustache. Just glad he's in more movies. I mean, wouldn't it have been easier to put on a prosthetic mustache than... I think it was part of the... It's his contract. You can read into it. It's yeah. Thing. It doesn't matter. Justice League wouldn't have been better or worse for it. No. 
Were you the one telling me that like uh, there's like YouTube uh, clips where people have gone back and have re uh, have redone the weird composited upper lip? No, I and they've made it better looking not, than the than the actual movie did. Didn't tell you that, and I also didn't look. I wasn't looking at his lip in the movie because I was too oh, lost okay. in his eyes, so I don't didn't remember it being <laughs> particularly bad. Even though everyone said it was bad, and I'm sure it was if I looked at it. But again, like I said. Just so dreamy. How I, I like I didn't notice it, but I know a lot of people that did. And it was actually the people that went into the movie not knowing that that had happened. Like I knew a person that was that, you know, the movie starts and it has that clip of Superman, and this guy's like, "Wait, what's what's going on with this guy's upper lip?" Mm. You know, to like a friend next to him, and the guy's like, "I don't know what you mean." And the guy's like, "Look at his upper lip; it looks fucking weird." But yeah. Anyways, it's Uncanny Valley. Like my mom, when she, she thought, like, "What's up with Grandma Tarkin's makeup? He looks odd." I'm like, "Oh, he's a computer person." Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Um. So yeah, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to this new one. Uh, yeah, it's a real, real tight series if you discount the first two, because the first one barely has anything to do with the rest of the series, and two is uh-huh. awful. So yeah, if you just go, you know. <laughs> Three, just start four. with three. Just start with three. You might as well. Yeah. It, like it figures out the tone of the series. It's 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 pretty whiz bang fun. It's got uh, you know, um, the classic J.J. Abrams pizzazz. J.J. Right. Abrams. J.J. Abrams pizzazz. Yeah, with jets flying around and blowing up bridges and yeah. stuff. You know. And then uh, they just get stronger and stronger from there. I think you could make the argument that five is so far the best one. I like four also because I like the team in four a little better. Mm-hmm. I like Paula Patton. She's sort of, I missed her in five. I like, you know, you got Paula Patton and Simon Pegg, and they're all doing a fun thing. And uh, I like Ving Rhames a lot, too, so I'm glad he was back in five. But uh, I don't know. I just like the, the team dynamic of those guys in four. And Jeremy yeah. Renner was also bigger, had a more of a substantial role in four. And he's not even going to be in six. Was he in five? Yeah. He was in five? God, we, watched, we watched five, man. Wow. We, like forgot most of five, it seems. Yeah, to, no, to be honest, I, I have forgotten a lot of Five. I don't know. Maybe it was one of those things where I was just like sitting there drawing and then the movie was on. Maybe it was one of those watches. Yeah. Um, I don't do that anymore, Alex, but I used to do that quite a bit. Um, so, And it actually does affect your, you know, it, it, it has a substantial effect on your movie viewing experience. Yeah, that's why I think like, you know, people who are like, you know, at work and watch movies while they work, you're not watching a movie. You're lying to yourself. No, I mean, yeah. If you're watching a movie you've already seen before, sure. But if you're, Background watch, noise. if you're watching a movie for the first time, you haven't seen that movie. Yeah. Undivided attention. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Mike, what have you been watching? Oh, man. Okay. So I don't know if I, I can talk about all these. I, I, I don't know if I can fit this all into one episode, but uh, I've seen four movies on my own. Or no, yeah. Four movies total, I guess. Yeah. Four Ever? movies? No, 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 no. I just recently, I, I've seen four movies that I'd like to talk about. I'm going to go ahead and name them off, and then I'll talk about them. I saw Captain Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I saw Smiley Face. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of that? I have. Man. Uh, uh, Sorry to Bother You, which I know we've both seen, which I'd love to talk about. And then I saw Finding Dory, finally. I guess we should save Sorry to Bother You to the end so we can get into a yeah. little bit of spoilery territory. Get into, get into the juicy juicy bits of that movie. Because it's so fresh. The other ones you could probably go ahead and... So, Alex, have you one. seen Captain Fantastic? I have not, but it's on my list. Uh, that was quite a great movie. I've heard so. You know, it's it's uh, something about Vigo's movies, man. You know, it's just like, it's they're so... 
there, there's something very uh, uh, palpable mm. about uh, it's like it's almost like you could just pick them up and eat them. Well, and it's like it's like uh, uh, like what's like a really like hearty cereal? Like like what's a, like a really hearty honey cere- bunches of oats? Yeah, it's like it's like it's like the honey bunches of oats of of acting. You could just you can you pop in his movie and you just man you just eat yeah, that munch shit up. and crunch. Um, I was talking to my uncle. He was recently on vacation, um, yeah. and with uh, my with my whole extended family, wonderful time. Um, and my uncle, who's a big Lord of the Rings fan, was like, "You never really see many of those actors and stuff anymore. Like, where have they been?" And I was like, "Well, Vega Forest it was just in Mister Fantastic just last year or two years right. ago, whenever it was. What year is it?" It was it was from twenty sixteen. Okay, well, like you know, and I was like, Viggo Mortensen's the kind of actor. Well, he'll choose the roles that he wants to do. Goddamn it, and he doesn't. Well, won't do just whatever. You know what's interesting about that is I read up on I read some interviews with with Vigo, right? Because I was curious, like, why is this guy just not in very many movies? It seems like right, and um, apparently he's a lot less picky than people think. Uh, he was actually it like a lot of it has to do with timing. Like mm-hmm. he just uh, like um, back when they were casting uh, X Men uh-huh. back in two thousand what or nineteen ninety nine or whatever ninety eight I guess at that point. Apparently he was in the running for that, but then he's just like, well, no, because Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And then uh, there was another movie recently. I forget what it was. Was it Man of Steel? No, because he was in the running to be Zod. Oh, maybe it was that. Okay, um, and, and he's mentioned like, yeah, you know, he's pretty open to do like superhero movies. He like understands the appeal and stuff, but he just has never, for whatever reason, just has never done it. Yeah, well, I'm glad he's still getting work and stuff. He's um, one of the, he's a great actor and a great guy. He's one of you know I can honestly say he's probably one of my favorite actors. I I mean like he's an actor where if he's in the movie, I'm like I'm gonna have to see that movie. Same here. Yeah, yeah. Um, Captain Fantastic. I mean, you probably don't want me to spoil it for you. I mean, like his wife dies and he goes on a road trip, and Frank Langella is uh, shitty to him. Well, there's that, but there's more to it than well, that. Well, probably. You'd... Yeah. Mm. You it... see his dick in the movie, I hear. Uh, yes, yes, you do. So, uh, automatically <laughs> gonna have to see it, I guess. Put in the Mortensen Dick Club alongside uh, what's that one movie? Eastern Promises. Oh right, yeah, that's a good movie. Yeah, um, Captain Fantastic. I mean, it's him and his like, I, what, like seven kids or something. But yeah, it, I don't know. It's just it's a good movie. It's it's one of those movies that's just like, here's a movie. It's not a franchise. It's not like trying to impress you with razzle dazzle. It's just like here's some good acting. Here's yeah, it's a, a nice. good premise. You know, so fun time drama. I have no idea why it's called Captain Fantastic, but well, they don't. Okay, whatever. Well, I was about actually going to ask: is, is there a reason it's called Captain there's Fantastic? There's no. There's no. Nothing in the movie implies anything about the name. Maybe it was a, the screenplay. Like the, I was like the screenwriter's like, I want to make people think this is some sort of superhero movie. And they start reading this like that might have been this it. family drama. And like I've done been tricked, but it's a good movie. Greenlit. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, and then I saw a Smiley Face. Have you heard of Smiley Face? I have. Is that Anna Faris? It, it, it's starring Anna Faris. Yes, I have. And it's basically an hour and a half or, or whatever of this person being just high out of their mind. Oh, right? yeah, I've heard about this. And, you know, I mean, it's uh, uh, it's it's a fun watch, honestly. It's a solid movie. And this is coming from someone that's not really into drug humor at all or whatever. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I'm not into those movies where people are just like, oh, I'm high, uh, you know. <laughs> right, Uh 
but no, I mean, it was it was a fun, funny, crazy movie, like, you know, with all this just drug tripping the whole time and all this crazy stuff, hallucinating and all this, you know, and like, it's basically someone making nothing but constantly bad decisions, right? But like, there's just some point, you know, uh, she's a... a a lovable tramp. I mean, I don't know if that's the the, uh, like the right tramp, term like in the Charlie Chaplin sense. Just like so, yeah, just someone that's like you know, just this adorable failure kind of. I don't uh-huh. know. You know what I mean? Like, and you and you want this person to to succeed, and and but they're not. And then yeah. Anyways, smiley why, face. Oh, go ahead. Why did you see it? I went up to the Bay Area to finish these mixes on our on on this album that we're making, and my bassist and I just uh, and his girlfriend we just hung out at his place, and he just had this movie, which is out of print and it's not on streaming anywhere. It's Ooh. really hard to find. Uh, but now he's just what like, "Hey, you want to? Yeah, you want to just come over and hang out and we'll watch this movie?" I'm like, uh, "Okay, sure." And then we we started watching it, and it was just this crazy. Crazy movie. It's pretty crazy. Um, Alex, are uh, there any are there any comedies like that that you enjoy? What What do you mean? Like you know, drug drug humor comedies. Well, it's not a comedy, but I love Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Oh yeah, that's definitely yeah. not a comedy. I think it was advertised as a comedy, and that movie is not a comedy. Well, that's uh, what's his face? Um, who directed that? That was uh, Terry that, Gilliam. Terry Gilliam. Yeah, whose recent movie just was. Taken away from him. Oh, there's a whole th- legal issue with the the cursed film Lost in La Mancha, which I also not lost. Yeah, uh, the man who killed Don Quixote. That's what the, oh, the movie's called. That was I taken also away from him. Sort of like the I don't know, but, but then it wasn't. It's a whole thing. And the point of the matter is, I heard from Sundance or from Khan that it's not great. Oh, that's too bad. I wasn't. I mean, the trailer looked okay. I mean, like I'll see it eventually. I do love Terry Gilliam. I feel like. No one likes this movie but me, but I love the Zero Theorem. I thought it was like really just like I actually never saw it. It's Terry Gilliam, the essence of Terry Gilliam. It's like Terry Gilliam plays him, plays his hits, and I was like, you know, this is so comfortable, comforting, yeah. so nice. It's just wacky Christoph Waltz in a weird world full of like <laughs> dumb, wild stuff. It's like Brazil, but not nearly as good. But like, I still loved it. So yeah, see, the last movie I saw by him was Doctor Parnassus, and I was just like, I'm yeah, not, that one I'm I had into the, this. the misfortune of seeing in a. Uh, theater that had really bad acoustics. It was an old theater oh. um, near me where I, when, when I went to college, and it had no acoustics. So it was very echoey. And like, for half, the second half of the movie, I'm like, "What? What did he say? Yeah, what's yeah. going on? Right? Is that Johnny Depp?" <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I even made it through that movie, to be honest. Oh well, you shouldn't stop watching movies. You finish your movies, goddamn. Again, this was in a in a bygone era, Alex. Mm, before the podcast. Shit. Before the podcast, before the the cinephilia, cinephilia. all right, <laughs> is that contagious? Hopefully, am I right? Uh, <laughs> movies, am I right? Um, but yeah, I mean, the last movie I saw was Doctor Parnassus. Um, Do you remember the Brothers Grimm? He, uh, that man, that was another one of his, a, right? Yeah, it was. And I was just like, that movie's on Netflix, and I was like watching the little. Netflix thing, and also, first of all, fuck Netflix for their like, auto playing trailers that they do nowadays. Oh. I hate that shit. Um, and then, but like, I was watching their auto playing trailer and ignoring the stock music that they do. Um, it's most of the music, it's just the yeah, audio. Yeah. Complaining about, um, and like, they're showing clips of the movie. It's like, 
I saw this movie in the theaters. I don't remember a goddamn thing about it. Right. I can't like I can't even remember a thing about it. It must have been so unmemorable. That was uh that that's another one I haven't seen. Okay, so I wanna because I'm curious now how many of his movies I have not seen because it seems to be like we're bringing up a lot of them. That, well, have you seen that I have not seen? Uh, I've seen Time Bandits. Have you seen The Adventures of Baron Munchausen? Oh yes, what a what a nice hidden gem that movie. That was. movie, my mom tried to show it. My parents tried to show it to me when I was a kid. That movie's fucked up for kids. Yeah, I don't and, watch like, we that watched as a the kid. part. We got to the, we got like 20 minutes in. And my mom's like, "Yeah, never mind." And I'm like, "What the? Like, what is this? <laughs> What's this?" What is this? Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, of course, I've seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, I mean, like, have you seen Brazil? Yeah. Uh, Jabberwocky, I've never heard of, never seen. Never seen. Uh, Fisher King, I've seen. Oh, okay, so okay, so let's 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 go in order here. So, in terms of feature-length films, he's done Monty Python and the Holy Grail. He's done Jabberwocky, never heard of it. Time Bandits. Have you seen Time Bandits? I own Time Bandits. You own Time Bandits. Okay. That was a great movie. Very strange. Uh, Brazil, which I fucking love. That's his best movie. And I'm going to bring up Brazil later for another reason uh, on this podcast. The Adventures of Baron Munchausen, which was also very great. Kind of a nice, like, sister movie to Brazil. I think that was Uma Thurman's first movie. Probably. He also has uh, Robin Williams in an uncredited role. Which is yes, weird. As the moon. Yeah. And this, yeah. Because I was like, hey, it's Robin Williams in the credits. So he's like credited as like 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 <laughs> Joe Mc, McPherson or something like right. that. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm curious what the story behind that was. Because that was probably when Robin Williams was really blowing up too, yeah. you know? Well, he was always blowing up. Yeah. And then um, uh, speaking of Robin Williams, The Fisher King. So I haven't seen The Fisher King. That movie is not as Gilliam-esque as you'd think. It's it doesn't like seem like it is. It's a fine little movie. It's like a... Like a, a um, Howard Stern type shock jock gets this guy's wife killed on accident. Oh. And uh the guy goes crazy and so he kinda like takes it upon him to fix his life. And also he you know, and he's also fired or something. Interesting. I think he works at a video store. Huh. It's a great movie. Or yeah. Um Yeah. I so but it's less it's less Gilliam esque. Yeah, it's right? a little more sort of straightforward and then 12 monkeys is wild 12 monkeys i think is a movie that a lot of people don't they have a lot of people don't associate as a terry gilliam movie but that movie is great i love that movie. it's a good one it's a remake of la jete here's the thing if you want to okay if you want to see a good time traveling bruce willis movie Move over, Looper. Oh, I was like, what other time traveling Bruce Willis movies are there? Right. Pop in uh, Twelve Monkeys. That yeah. that is some good shit. And like, if you need like that movie is the movie that convinced people that uh, Brad Pitt ain't no slouch. Right. He's fucking great in that movie. That was back when Brad Pitt was like uh, before like leading man. Brad. Well, he was Pitt. like he was just like a pretty boy guy. He was like, oh, Thelma and Louise, look at this hot stud. And yeah. then like he was in this movie as this like unhinged, crazy fucking crazy maniac. And yeah. It's like, oh my god, this guy can act. Yeah. No, that was. Uh, he was oh he was great. Oh man, man, he's like the real deal. He's an actor, like you know, he's like he's got you know, he's got all the stuff. Like the yeah. the leading man stuff. He's like I would say, quick aside, that Brad Pitt's one of the few like truly like Titan esque movie stars that we got. In terms of being both like, you know, he's got the glitz and glamour, but he's also got like the chops. Like he can act his ass off and he can be in dramatic serious roles and he can be in fun comedies and he can be yeah. in action movies and he can do whatever he wants because he's like he's just like that good well and what's interesting about brad pitt is i think he 
you know, somewhere around uh, late 90s or whatever, or, or maybe in the thousands especially, he was sort of typecast as, like, just your just your uh, leading man actor, right? And and we stopped seeing roles with him as like a character actor, as someone that was like really out there, like a like a great supporting actor. And that's I think a lot of people forget that is like, yeah, you're right. Like not only does he have the looks to be a leading actor and he has, you know, he has the the uh you know, that nice manly uh uh jaw, you know, he's he's like a really nice built man. He's yeah. a really handsome Nice looking dude, but then he can also play just crazy. He could play a crazy person. Yeah, and uh, and I, I wish I could see him in more movies where he did that. Well, you know, maybe you know? he'll be crazy in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Hopefully, that'd be great. Um, you know, I but like Fight Club, that was a great. Oh like, yeah. Oh man, he's just chewing up the scenery in that movie. Yeah. You know, uh, um, that's the only one I can think of right now, but. Uh, I mean, he's in lots of stuff, you know. Yeah. Oh, uh, Snatch. Oh yeah, like that. Snatch. Like, yeah. We like he's like in like he's like the most. Yeah, he's barely in that movie, but he like he's great. He was just oh, he's great in that movie. Anyways, like Dugs. You know, bow out Dugs. <laughs> That'd be a fun rewatch. I should. Rewatch it's good. I rewatched it fairly recently, and by fairly recently, I mean like college, and it wasn't bad. It was like this is great. Like this is a real good movie. I like this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then we got uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. That was another classic. That movie makes me feel weird every time I watch it. It's cr- it's a crazy movie. But seriously, man, like by this point in the like it looks like mid nineties. Terry Gilliam is just fucking on fire, He's man. On hits and then the Brothers Grimm is probably his first kind of whiff. And that like I don't yeah. remember anything about it. So and that can only mean that it wasn't that good, you know. Well, and just look at this. Look at this break between Fear and Loathing and Las Vegas. I think that's when he tried to Grimm. make uh, the man who killed Don Quixote. Seven years. Oh, okay. And like there was like a bunch of problems with that. He's kind of been a cursed director in terms yeah. of like Brazil had a bunch of problems and like you know. Right. I think he also might be hard to work with. Like based on some comments he makes, I think he might be a little prickly. Oh yeah, yeah. And then Tideland, I haven't even heard of. I heard that. Of Tideland. I heard it was came out the same year as uh, as. Uh, Sorry, as um, the Brothers Grimm. Yeah, that must also be why the other thing. Her yeah. Thailand. Uh, what else did he do? And then after that was uh, okay. So that was two thousand five, right? Um, and then after that was uh, Doctor Parnassus. I think Doctor Parnassus, which was also two thousand nine, cursed due to the death of Heath Ledger. Right. Yeah. And then uh, then he did uh, the Zero Theorem, which I really the liked. Zero Theorem in twenty thirteen, and then. Apparently, I guess this is already out. Twenty eighteen, the man who killed Don Quixote. Well, like again, it premiered at Con. Right. Yeah. It's got Am Driver in so. it. Am Driver's on a roll. Did you see? I saw the trailer for Black oh, Klansman. Man, that looks fun. That looks good. Oh man, yeah. Uh, that movie does look good. Adam Driver. Uh, <laughs> um, cool. And then you know, just real quickly. I, I watched Finding Dory. Finally, you got around to seeing it. Yes. Yeah. I um. I've been on. I think I've gone on record in the show what I think about Finding Dory, which you know it's not bad, but it's. You know. Well, here's and I I I'll talk about this really quickly because I really want to talk about Sorry to Bother You. Hmm. Um, I want to spend some. Sorry time to bother you, but I really want to talk about Sorry to Bother You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. So Finding Dory. Um. Okay. So really, what inspired me to watch this was um, you know. Just having uh, recently watched um, The Incredibles 2, uh-huh. I was like, well, 
I should fill out my Pixar viewings. I should watch those movies that I haven't seen. Yeah, I've seen them. So, and it's right on Netflix. You know, there you go. Hey, you're welcome, Netflix, for that free plug. Uh, <laughs> pay us. Pay us. Uh, Finding Dory. Um, okay, so what I compare this to is Cars 2, but to a much less offensive degree because uh, there seems to be this... this I don't know if this is going to be an ongoing thing, but but there's there is a trend with those two movies, and that trend is basically, hey, we made this first movie without a sequel in mind, right? And then somewhere down the line, whether it's ten years or in this case thirteen years later, we're making we're coming back into this world and we're going to make another we're going to make another one of these movies. Um, the problem with that is if you don't have anything in, a, I would argue if if a movie is like front to back, just its own self-contained thing, and you don't allude to any sequels, then you got to be really careful with what you do. Yeah. You, you got you to have a reason to have a sequel, right? And so when this movie comes around, it's like, okay, we're going to make the same movie except someone else gets lost and now we're finding them. And it's like, ah. But, but what, I, what I would say about this and Cars 2 is what I'm, not, what I'm not a big fan of is basically, okay, so in Cars... One, we had uh, Lightning McQueen, McQueen. right? Uh, and this is the this is our main character. We're following him, and then suddenly in Cars Two, he's sort of just in the background the whole time, doesn't have any anything to do, and we're we're focusing on his his dopey best friend Mater. And now this movie's about Mater and Mater's journey through the Cars world, yeah, right? Bad move. I would agree. It's it's sort of like well, I. I would want to know what happens to our main character that I liked in the first movie. Like I said, I think I said, like Cars 2 should have either been an entirely new story with new characters that should have just been that spy movie. Like an anthology, yeah, yeah or something, right? Or it should have been the Race Around the World thing with Lightning McQueen, just focus yeah. on that. But having both of them together with the main character is not the main character of the first one makes everything really just too much. It's just too much, and it's also not good. Well, yeah, like just imagine if like we watched Batman Begins and then the second movie... It's like Commissioner Gordon, like almost the whole time. And it's kind of what the Dark Knight Rises is, though. Well, the Dark Knight Rises, it, well, and that's maybe why that movie doesn't work as well, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, right. And so, like, yeah. So that's a great comparison. It's sort of like, okay, we're watching a Batman movie without Batman. So now we're watching we're watching a Cars movie without our main character Car. Yeah. Right. And if it was, and also the problem is that Mater sucks. And Mater, so. yeah, I agree. And this is where it's a little bit different from Finding Dory because Dory's perfectly, perfectly more uh, like she's much more likable than Mater. Well, like Mater's likable. He's just like he's a dopey comic relief, and yeah. it's like it's frustrating to have the main character of your movie be an idiot, right? Like, you know, it, well, there's movies like that, but it has to be like the like it has to be Mister Bean. It has to be like what the movie's about. You yeah. know, it's hard. Anyways, it's a lot. You can do a whole. Thing and like. that's the thing with Finding Dory. I found myself just like not. I found my I found myself uh-huh. not wanting to find Dory. Oh, because I was sort of like, okay, so this whole movie is basically going to be her forgetting everything and then having these flashbacks, and okay, I get it. Like, I just I didn't find myself invested. I I don't know because I it's I don't know. It's just, I I feel like there was nothing to be said. Yeah, like, I agree with you. It, the the ticking, there's no ticking time bomb is also. If that's like because we we gotta find well, my too. son, and this one's like we're with Dory in this adventure, and she's looking for her parents, but like you know, there's no 
We can find him today. We can find him next week, I guess. Well, sure. And then, like, what's the real investment if they don't find Dory? Like, like, like if uh, if uh, Marlin and Nemo, if they don't find Dory, so what? Well, they went with her <laughs> to the aquarium, though, right? So they went with her to the aquarium. So like, yeah. it's not like she's that lost, right? And that's I don't know. It, it, it just it. The movie had some great um, set pieces. I liked the whole thing with the truck, with at the end, and then the truck just like flying into the yeah, back no, of the like ocean. The movie, that was that was cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing with Pixar that I think is always great is to see the comparison between the first movie and the second because there's always going to be like a, a huge upgrade with the visual effects, mm-hmm. and really like to its credit, like the ocean and and the aquarium they felt like you you felt like wow you're just like in this really rich ocean and mm-hmm. you're in this really like thought out aquarium and like everything is great but there was a lot of uh kind of just static moments too where she's hanging out in the vents and she's she's talking to that big shark thing and like the guy with the big head mm-hmm. and they're just talking and it's just like okay, okay. Yeah, they're talking to d from always sunny and Oh, is that who that was? The other person. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes sense now. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, th- I just thought, I guess, because Pictures got a very strong track record. I would say of all their sequels, it's probably the second worst. Second worst. What's the first? Cars two. Oh, okay. Haven't seen Monsters University. I like Monsters University. Monsters University is surprisingly good. Okay. It is. I remember when it came out. I'm like, you know, this movie didn't need to exist. I guess I'm glad it does though. Right. I, it's a real good movie, and it's got a pretty cool message of like sometimes just because you believe in yourself don't mean shit. You know, <laughs> it's like you're like you can't be in the NBA if you're if you're short and you suck at sports. Right. Yeah. So like that's yeah. a kind of a, a good message for like some things. It's like you know, it's like you can't do everything, but you can do things really good. Right. Um. It's like that, and it's also like it takes a, it like you think it's gonna be like a predictable story, and it kind of takes some twists and turns you don't see coming. Oh, okay. So I appreciate that. I would definitely recommend it. It's definitely one of the stronger movies. Uh, Cars 3 is surprisingly strong, too. It's, I haven't seen that either. Cars 3 is... Those are the two a, I haven't seen. Cars 3 is just kind of like a solid movie. Like, there ain't nothing great about it. There ain't nothing bad about it. It's just like, it is what it is, and it's pretty good. Does Do they bring the focus back to... Yeah, Lightning McQueen's the main character again. Okay. That's good. All right. I think well, Mater's in a scene. Really? So they they just sort of got rid of him. I told you this completely. before on this podcast, and you were that's you, right. You forgot, and we're surprised also. Yeah. Uh, well, I know you. Yeah, that, come to think of it, you you mentioned he was barely in the movie. I just find that really surprising that they they just sort of got like they Jar Jar Binks them. Like, yeah. Wow. That's I mean, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good way of describing it. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, anyways, sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. So, I don't want to go too hard into spoilers. I'm not going to go into like really explicit detail. I Maybe think. not Act Three spoilers. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, more like broad spoilers. So, folks, if you want, if you're if you're really interested in this movie, I would say pause this podcast, write the fuck down, go see it. Yes, please. And also, I will tell you why you should see it because I think this movie is just just a nice, huge, just meaty chunk of grade A satire. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, okay, so getting back to Terry Gilliam um, and Brazil, when I watched this movie, that my first thought after seeing that was like, this is a lot like Brazil. It's very Brazilian. Where it where we start with like some of the it's it's sort of like, okay, we're commenting on these problems in our society right now, and then it just goes straight into absurdity. Like you know what I mean? It just keeps snowballing into absurdity. Yeah, and sort like sort of like surrealism and stuff. It's it's just 
uh, I don't know. It's probably easily in my top three favorite of the year. Like, I really liked it. I don't know. I thought, yeah, I thought it was quite... Like I thought, it was imperfect. It did. It had some problems. I thought. Sure. Um. But for a, a directorial debut, especially from a first-time yeah. writer director, it's very unique and very strong. And that for that, it's a, at least you know worthy of watching. Yeah. I thought. Yeah. I thought it was really funny. I thought it was a really just unique and fun, interesting movie that I'm really glad is is out there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the satire. It's a little on the nose. I would say if I had to critique it, it's a little. Some of the things. Like it's some like, things. Yeah. Uh, it's a little like. You know, this is this, and this page, there's no way to interpret it other than that. You know, so uh-huh. like if you, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but you could make the uh, argument that that's a little, uh, you know, a little ham-fisted or something, or uh, you know, um, whatever that expression is. Right. Um, I don't think it's that way. I like what they're doing with the whole like, you know, wouldn't like in this world you can sell yourself to a company for a bedroom and uh, you don't have to pay rent anymore. Isn't that great? You know. That oh, kind of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like that, like that kind of stuff's funny to me. Like that was uh... well, and what's crazy about that is that's that's very specifically like a Bay Area thing. Like, because the Bay Area is yeah. like the most expensive place to live in the entire world now. I, you know what I mean? And it's like I could easily see, not easily see something like that happening, but I could see something like that happening. Um, yeah, that's like I think that's why the satire works because like this is this is you know ridiculous, but not so ridiculous because if you look at like network from like 1976 uh-huh that's like that was like look how wacky and crazy this is and it's like nowadays it's just like normal television it was that the michael douglas mo- or no, no that wasn't michael network douglas. is a movie it's about a news reporter who goes fucking crazy on the air and so oh. the network decides to exploit him for his own crazy show it's basically it's like a, it's about reality tv before reality tv right yeah there was a, bl- uh, a black mirror episode like that so yeah so that yeah and like nowadays that's like pff, that's nothing that's like that's like tame compared yeah. to what we got nowadays as opposed yeah. to outrageous at the time the only thing that movie has in that movie that hasn't come true is they assassinate the guy on live television for ratings oh god right which uh, still hasn't happened, thankfully. Well, I'm sure if something like that was legal, I bet it would happen. I don't think it was legal. I think that was the point. Right? Yeah. Um. um yeah. But uh, like, it's like that kind of stuff could happen. But the movie also, much like real life, when you think it can't get any weirder, gets real fucking weird. Oh, uh, and sorry to bother you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's. <laughs> We won't get into man, it. Man, right I wish we could spoil this part because it's just so. I loved it, man. I like. I won't say what it is, of course, right? But when it gets to, into the third act, and there's there, of course, there's this big twist. Of course, of course, of course. Uh, <laughs> oh God, I loved it, and it just, just the whole thing where he, uh, he's, <laughs> shit. I can't say it. But yes, yeah. By the end of the movie, you're just, just, just hanging on the edge, edge of your seat. Like it's just it. <laughs> oh, go see it, please. Yeah, go see Everybody, it. please go see it. Um, there's some, some things. Um, probably before, like some things. I'm just gonna spit on. Sure. In, in no particular order. I was a little disappointed that Terry Crews is barely in the movie. Oh, yeah. And I'm also disappointed that Don, that uh, not, uh, that uh, that that Danny Glover just walks kind of out of the movie. Like halfway through, he like yeah. he shows up and he's kind of has yeah. this like mentor role and he kind of just fades away. Same thing with uh, the eye patch guy, Mister Blank, which uh, he oh. kind of he kind of fades away after he his sort of comes and goes though. Well, right? But by the end of the movie, he never really gets like an ending. He kind of like 
fades that's, away. That's true. Like a lot of the characters in the movie don't really get a real sense of conclusion right. to their arcs. Yeah, yeah. And of course, I mean, like uh, uh, Cassius Green, the main character. I mean, you know, I, like I understand what you're saying, right? Um, but it could also be said that he is sort of going in these different directions from place to place mm-hmm. within the movie. So then maybe, you know, it's justifiable that these other characters would leave the movie. Cause like it's not. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I noticed, um, there's like a couple editing things I thought were a little bit, uh, uh, nothing crazy, but just some, some, there's some editing things that, that popped out to me. But other than that, like I thought it was, it was great. Um, all star cast, man. Yeah, I know. I for some reason I don't know why, but every time Tessa Thompson in a movie, I don't recognize her. She is like, we've seen this in like maybe a year and a half, but she just went straight up to the the A list, man. Like she, she like, just foam. Well, because like in Thor Ragnarok, she looks completely different than she does in Annihilation. Right. Looks completely different than she does in uh, in this movie. I'm like, yeah, it's like she's always her hair is always a different color, and she's wearing glasses or something. I'm like, I would easily fall for Superman apparently because I'm an idiot. <laughs> well okay so like in westworld uh th- that was when i saw her first it was in westworld and i mean that must have been like one of her you know first big roles at least but she was still kind of like a tertiary character in that first season um but then by the second season she was just like front and center she looks like she's been like a working stiff for quite um, some time so yeah like 2005 that was her first role and it looks like it was just like one episode of cold case and then uh, some minor roles and some stuff. Veronica Mars, I guess she was a character in that. Yeah, she's been. Uh, okay. Okay, so like 2007, maybe like she started. Okay, yeah. Interesting. I'm pretty. I'm sure I've seen in things and just don't even know about it. Anyway, yeah. But yeah, no, she's a uh, all over the place, which is great because she's a great actress. Right. Um, I like her weird artsy speech. Oh. <laughs> I was like, this is so. Right, yeah. Fucking art. Like, I, I took a class in college that was all about, like, that kind of art. And it's just like, it's just performance like. Performance art. Like, yeah, performance art mostly and, like, that kind of stuff. It's like, this is the dumbest shit. Like, I get it's, like, artistic or whatever, but I was like, this is just, I can't even. But it was, I thought it was funny because it almost seemed like it was lampooning that scene. Well, but, okay, so this is the interesting thing. And, like, I don't think, I don't think this is much of a, of a spoiler for the movie, but, you know, I mean, this is giving information about the movie, right? So. Like, there is an arc with our main character about, you know, going corporate. Yeah. Right? And to a certain extent, I mean, we see that actually kind of play out with Tessa Thompson's character also. Right? And this is something in the trailer, too, where they basically establish this guy, Cassius. Uh, he, he becomes a, a, a telemarketer, uh-huh. right? And he develops uh, the white person voice. Which, for I was like bothered by who that voice was for the longest time. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Who's talking? I know this guy's voice. Well, there's two. Yeah. Well, the other one I recognized immediately. Not immediately, but like it took me a minute, but I was like, oh, it's Patton Oswald. Right. Patton Oswald and... Uh, the family was David uh, Cross, David which I didn't Cross. recognize until the credits. Right. Yeah. Uh, but But then somewhere in the movie, we go down... You know, down the line in the movie, it's like uh, Tessa Thompson's character at Detroit. Her name is Detroit. Uh, she has this art gallery opening. And, and as we're following the main character into that art gallery opening, she has 
the snooty white person voice too yeah. when she's showing off her art to all these people, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting. So I mean, I think it. I think the tone is basically like we're supposed to recognize that this is kind of also kind of contrived, and maybe she's gone a little bit corporate with with what she's doing, right? Yeah. To please to please rich people, to please you know yeah white people basically, right? Um, Speaking of like the the race part of the movie, one of my favorite scenes in the entire movie, maybe for the entire year, is that part where he's just in a room surrounded by white people and they're all going, rap, rap, oh, rap, God. rap. And I was <laughs> like, this is like the most like heinous shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. John Ham Or not John, not John Army Hamm. Hammer, your favorite Army actor. Hammer, yeah. Those two... You know those two, uh, those two studs. Uh, when he hands him a piece of paper, it's just one hundred million dollars smiley with face. With a smiley face, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Army Hammer, dude, I it boggles my mind that that guy is is basically my age. Oh, like wow. if not younger than me. Like he is. He looks like he's like thirty five. Yeah, he does kind of. Just um, so mature. Tessa Thompson is actually, I think, like thirty four or thirty five, huh. and she looks like she's like in her. 20s it's crazy weird um but yeah army hammer was great man ever since i heard that he was originally gonna be batman in a in a uh, george miller directed justice league movie i want that guy to be i batman. told you he'd be a great batman he's got the yeah. voice he's got the looks he's tall and all that stuff just dye his hair black or whatever you gold dude especially now he's really aged into the role like mm-hmm. this would be this is like prime time Army Hammer, Beefcake. Yeah, he wouldn't need Give, to do the stupid voice. He could just talk low. Yeah. No, he's got the voice. He's got that Kevin Conroy voice. Man, God, could you picture that? I, oh, I'd love it. I think it. he'd be, like, I can picture him as Bruce Wayne especially. He's good at being smarmy. Mm-hmm. I could think I could picture him as being a, a darker character too. Yeah. Oh, uh, man. Oh, well. Well, maybe there'll be, you know, there's all, the constant rumor of Ben Affleck being recast for The Batman or whatever that right, movie is. Right, yeah. So we'll see. Please do. <laughs> no offense to Ben Affleck, yeah, but I think for the MC or the MCU, the DC EU, uh-huh. which is not the official moniker, but for that to work, I think you need to, you know, scrap some things, not scrap other things. Oh, old yeah. Batman needs to go. Right. Just don't you even just hand wave it away. You can't have old man Bruce Wayne. Old in, man Bruce in, Wayne. Just don't even explain yeah. it. He's young again. Whatever. Yeah. Comic books. It happens. You know. You know what? Honestly, what they should do is, and it's not too late to do this. Well, maybe, ugh, fuck, maybe it is because Wonder Woman's already attached to the Ben Affleck Batman. I, what I was gonna say is, hey guys, come out with a really strong Batman movie. It's easy to do. <laughs> the movies aren't easy to make, but well, no. What I'm saying is, Batman has such a treasure trove of material, and you can make a you can it, you can make a successful Batman movie. It, it's it. What I mean is, it's easier to do than to make like a, a successful flash movie or green lantern movie it's like yeah. it's not a it's not this far cry to make a a, a successful batman so basically make one g- great batman movie maybe make another great batman movie with a solid cast and then and then you're like okay now we're expanding this just like iron man right just like iron man so now we're we're expanding back into the dcu that's all that's what you got to do mm. army hammer bruce wayne Bam. Did you see the trailer for Titans, the new TV show they're making? Yes. <laughs> Man. Yes, I did. What an uh, what what the f- It was okay, it wasn't awful, 
But there was one specific like five seconds of that that I was just like, wow, they totally missed. They totally missed the mark on this again. I, the whole thing. I was, well, first it was like Robin's like cutting people's throats and like punching them in the exactly. face and breaking their legs. And he's like, yeah, fuck Batman. And that that specific moment, I just totally I lost hope. And I was just like, what? They're trying way too hard to make this super cool and edgy and dark. It's not eight year old mama's Titans. He steps on someone's head and breaks his neck and says, fuck Batman. And it's like, dude, have you guys ever read a comic? Dick Grayson is not that guy. Yeah. He is not that guy. I know. And also, like, uh, just in terms of the, the design, Starfire's wig looks really bad. Yes. Like. Yes. I don't know. Like, that's just like a just a bad call. I don't know. Maybe I have no idea what the show is going to be like. I'm just talking purely visual. Not a fan of that costume. Yeah. The problem is, this is going to be on CW? Uh, streaming. Direct to streaming. DC's new streaming service. <laughs> Wait, DC's? DC's making an all DC streaming service, but it's going to have oh, like a. Get out of here. It's going to have like a couple of live action shows and making a Swamp Thing show, making a Harley Quinn animated show. Uh, you don't, there's not enough material. They're also adding, I think, every DC animated movie and like all of the Justice League and Justice League Unlimited and Batman the Animated Series and like everything DC's ever done. So it's actually a pretty good deal. If it's a like good deal, kind of if, but that's such a niche. Young Justice comeback. That's such a niche, like, uh, streaming service. Like, what if you're not into DC? I don't get it. Like, what's the point? What are you talking about? Well, I guess what I mean is, like, I, I, I'm curious to see how successful that will be. Because I wouldn't buy that. I wouldn't, well, neither I would wouldn't, I, no. But, yeah. like, again, I don't get TV. Even if it was, like, all Marvel stuff. As a streaming service, I wouldn't buy it. Disney's doing that basically. But well, but but Disney there. is like a ton of shit. Disney's yeah. like a ton of shit, right? So like you know. Yeah, and then you know Comcast officially dropped out of that Fox deal, so Disney's pretty much gonna have that now. Right. So they'll have all the Fox stuff on their streaming yes. service. Yeah. So you know you're getting stuff. Predator and pals. Predator and pals. I would love like a uh, like a Muppet Babies version of Predator, where it's just him, the Xenomorph. Whatever alien, whatever else aliens there are, it'd be like it'd be like an educational show where he goes into like Africa and hunts like it's elephants and it's like here's some facts about elephants before he kills it. Yeah, <laughs> but like, well, he doesn't kill. It. He tries. But the elephant tramples him to death, and he goes, do do do, ah 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 ah. Oh uh, ah. yeah, and that's how every episode ends is with him exploding. It's him getting his ass kicked. It's like a wily e. coyote. It's like a wild. There, oh. there should be a Wiley Coyote uh, short where he, that all the you know Roadrunner Wiley Coyote, Wiley Coyote stuff happens, and then at the very end, Wiley Co- Coyote has the thing and he blows up. <laughs> I, I would just like laughs. it if it was just like that, but it's it's a Predator versus Alien, but like aliens is running around the highway in Utah, and then <laughs> Predator's trying to catch him. Yeah, and he keeps falling off a cliff. Yes, TNT. <laughs> yes, TNT. He paints the the tunnel. Yeah. <laughs> Oh man, dun, 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 dun. that's what WB should do. Yeah, but they don't own Fox. Well, I, I guess what I mean is with their DC stuff, they yeah. should just make it Looney Tunes, like a like because there's been Looney Tunes, uh, uh, DC crossovers. Yeah, in the comics. Yeah, just make some some tunes off of that. Yeah, some tunes. Um, so yeah, maybe it'll be good, but like that show, I don't know, man. Um, no, no. I, I mean, honestly, for anybody that's into that like weird CW brand uh, DC stuff, maybe they'd like it. Yeah, I guess that's the audience's because it is very CW. Yeah, people love 
edgy teens love edgy teen stuff. They even had edgy teen music in the in the trailer. I don't even remember. It was awful. Are they missing someone? No. I was like, there's no cyborg, but they have Hawk and Dove, who are also like cutting people's legs off. In that, so. Hawk and Dove. Oh, yeah, that's right. They don't have cyborg. Yeah. Because he's, he's in the movies. He's been taken. I like Raven and Beast Boy's costumes. I mean, like, in terms of casual yeah. wear, they look right, and, you know, they're fine. Yeah. I don't know what their actual costumes will end up being. They're probably waiting. They're probably going to do, like, all the Daredevil thing and save that for the end of the series. Season. Right? <laughs> right, yeah. That wasn't the Freudian slip or nothing. I wasn't trying to imply it will be canceled. Uh, is there a Daredevil season three coming out? Uh, you know what? In my opinion... Who cares? Just just leave it. Yeah. Did you see As, Luke Cage season two? People say it's eh. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I'm in I you know, this is the bummer man is I'm in no hurry to see it. This is the problem. Okay, okay. So with the Netflix heroes, right? It was like a soft promise that they were gonna be in Infinity War. And I think that was That was never the case. There never was, there, ever was that gonna be a thing. Not there, ever. Who I, said this? Where'd you hear this? The, okay. There was a, a roster on I believe uh, uh, 4chan. I keep saying Tony Stark, but Robert Downey Jr. had a, had a roster on his Twitter, and it had everybody listed on there as being on Infinity War. And it seems like since that information, the Russo brothers were like, "Well, no, right?" But uh, at least for me, the the uh, the appeal, right? The appeal was like, "Okay, these this is MCU connected, so we're gonna see these characters." somewhere in the movies but they suck. but it just never happened they're not going to do anything they're street level punks well and that okay and they i couldn't th- even take out that wizard wizard the the yep uh, oh the purple guy yeah oh uh, like any one of those four fucking like you know goof troop Thanos' goof troop they could they'd be all smushed to death by just one of them well and i think that yeah is so like that's the problem is uh, is is there was all this anticipation building up and really like the first season of all those except for iron fist because it sucks but the first season of all those were really strong and everybody's like oh man this is really great i can't wait until like the crossover defenders and then defenders was no good and then now it's sort of like what are we doing why do we care yeah you know um so yeah, I think at best it'd be a cameo where like there's some crazy shit going in New York and like Daredevil's like, Do you hear that? And then like it cuts away, you know? That's it. that's what you get at best. Yeah. Yeah, with the cosmic stuff there's no room for it. With the cosmic stuff there's nowhere to go. I think what would have been great is uh like Civil War. That's a great conduit for that. But then they didn't use any of them in Civil War. I don't think so. I think well, because like okay, when you think about it, they're though, just right? gonna get killed. Like Hawkeye and Daredevil, they're kind of like on the same level. They are kind of Black Widow and like uh, you know uh, Punisher. They're on the same level, but again, yeah, kind of. But really, the only two like uh, man, it would have been great to see John Ber- Bernthal's Punisher utilized a little bit better than just I don't think the Punisher even Netflix. like feels like he belongs in the same universe as the MCU just because he's such a dark character. Yeah, he is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh So sorry to bother you. Sorry to bother you. Great movie. Uh I will say that like, you know, without getting too many spoilers, I thought the movie kind of did kind of fizzle out in the last ten minutes or so. I felt like the uh, from a writing standpoint, they were like, we just gotta wrap this up. 
We like, oh. you know, so it kind of felt like everything was just like kind of wrapping up real quick. But then the stinger, the stinger. brought it all oh back. No, it didn't. I mean, like, <laughs> it didn't bring it all back. It was more of the same to me. God right. damn, what a weird movie. But it's fantastic, <laughs> fantastic. I also there was a part where it's like, don't tell people to call their congressman. That no one's gonna do that. Oh right, <laughs> Which yeah. Which is like, I ah, this is this is a, this is a joke that, that goes right to my heart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because I am a bad person who won't call my congressman. I've tried calling my Congress people. Nothing ever happened. The thing about that is that I live in California. It's like every my, you know, I'm fucking. They already know what I think. We gotta do is you gotta slash your congressperson's tires. That's the message. You gotta find them. Don't do that, anybody. Find your hey, congressman. Gov- slash your tires. Government that's listening to this. I don't mean that. We They're not, listening not, to us record this, actually. We're not They're not listening to this podcast after it comes out. They're listening to us right now, yeah, live. Yeah, they're right out that window there. There's yeah. a guy with a headphone being like, what? What? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he's just waiting. <laughs> oh, man. But Did hey. you watch the Simpsons movie with the NSA? And then someone said, I think like Homer Simpson or someone says something incriminating. And no. there's a guy in the NSA, and it's like a huge... Raise the Lost Ark esque building with like a bunch of tables, like a bunch of desks, and this one guy's like, <laughs> "We got something!" Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. I that was, was a more recent. Uh, that one? was like 2008. Oh okay, but it was still pretty funny. And the throws <laughs> the Patriot Act. Oh Jesus. Um, the Patriot Act. That movie's all right. The Simpsons movie. You, you, did you see it? I saw. Do you it. watch The Simpsons? Do you like The Simpsons? I used to watch The Simpsons. I watched the movie, and then after the movie, I sort of never watched The Simpsons ever again. I watched The Simpsons up through season twelve around there, and then I watched the movie, which was like two or three years after I stopped watching The Simpsons, and that was the last Simpsons thing I really saw since. So, sort of. I like that movie. So the movie wasn't bad. I know a lot of people shat on it. I don't know why. I I didn't I didn't think it was bad. So, I just didn't think it was strong. It doesn't match like the heyday of the Simpsons, but it ain't bad. Well, and you know what? And I get that they they sort of they made it really about the family, which is admirable. Well, why wouldn't you? It's the Simpsons movie. It's about well, what I'm Simpsons. saying is the family literally lives or the 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 family literally leaves Springfield for the movie, right? But. What bummed me out is is and I think this is probably what bummed a lot of people out is is the real great thing about the Simpsons is the town is the tertiary characters and we barely get to see any of them really in the movie at all it's it's all just focused on the family for the whole time which I didn't hate you know and I liked the movie I thought the movie was great but like I could see where a lot of people were kind of like, eh. Yeah, I could see. I mean, I'm saying. It's like South Park if, like, the four boys were just in the woods the entire time or something. I guess so. I do like that there's a joke in the Simpsons movie that just thinking about it, it always makes me laugh. It's like, we're moving to Alaska. We're never going back to America again. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. just makes me laugh. Um, yeah. No, nah, yeah, it was a fun movie. I tried watching a Simpsons episode recently, and man, it, it was rough. Yeah. It was very rough. You, this, you've been hearing about this whole Apu thing that's been going on, right? That well, there's a documentary that came out. I didn't watch the documentary. I see that every time it's something um, on the Reddit, people are like, "What's the big deal?" And I'm like, "You just like I, you just don't get it, guy. Like you don't know what you're talking about, guy on the internet." Oh right, I know. Yeah, and that's the thing they, is they always well the thing they always do is like, well, look at like this character on The Simpsons. That character, they're also broad stereotypes. It's like a, they're broad stereotypes with a lot of other representation in other media. Right. And B, yeah, they're not nearly nearly as re- as in the show as Apu. Apu is like. Like if there's a Simpsons, he's like tier two. He's like in a lot of. He's got his own arc. He's in a lot of episodes. Yeah, 
Here's like, the. Here, oh, go ahead. I'm just saying, like Bumblebee Man's like background character. Like no one gives a fuck about Bumblebee Man or, <laughs> or, or Willie or any of those those guys. The problem. Uh, well, I, okay. So there's two things. There's two pieces of information that I have heard about all this. And basically, so yeah, there's a documentary that that addresses the fact that like okay, like a poo has actually really damaged. It's like. Apu is a damaging stereotype yeah, and a very outdated stereotype. And it's like, you know, there's people that have grown up with other people associating them with Apu, mm-hmm. you know, which is a problem. Definitely. And and um, so this documentary came out addressing that. And then Simpsons sort of made an episode addressing the documentary. But it was a very kind of like sarcastic kind of like mean-spirited response. Yeah. And that was the problem. Mistake number one. Right. But uh, another uh, like another uh, uh, thing that I didn't know is apparently, and this is probably like 10 years ago or something, Simpsons had an episode where, you know, another Indian person came up to Apu and was like, hey, man, like, you're a really damaging stereotype and, like, what's your deal? You know what I mean? Like... Mm-hmm. It was someone that was not this damaging stereotype, just this, you know, a normal dude, also Indian, coming up to a poo and being like, hey, man, like, come on, you just ruin it, you're ruining it for the rest of us. And I didn't know that. I didn't know Simpsons had an episode like that. And I think a lot of people wouldn't. You know what I mean? Not not to say that that vindicates it in, in any way, but it's just interesting that that was actually addressed in the show like 10 or 15 yeah, years Yeah, no, ago. it's an interesting thing. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to any of it. And, it's, you know, it's, like, also made extra interesting because, like, you know, Hank Azaria is not obviously not an Indian guy and all this stuff. Right, thing. yeah. So I don't really, you know, I'm not going to make any kind of statements one way or the other whether or not it's right or wrong. Well, and then also, what do you do with the character? And that, too. It's like, do you kill off the well, character? Well, you might as well just cancel the show at this point. I agree. Hey, yes, please. Like, holy hey, shit. Hey, Fox, I'll watch your series finale. I'll, I'll I'll get I'll I'll watch a series finale. Yeah. You want viewers? I'll watch that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, but I'm glad all those folks who work on the show are getting work though, because they're all fucking talented and deserve everything they got. Well, absolutely. And I mean there is something great to be said about a show that has lasted as long as it has. I think give it another ten years and we'll see it end. Um, I think some of those. I, I, I mean, I don't know this for ten sure. Ten years, of course, it's got it's got to end by then. I mean, like, well, you could have said that ten years ago, though. No, but like, some like, of the actors though are getting up there in yeah, age. Yeah, they're getting and up there. I mean, they already lost. Like, bad. Mrs. Krabappel died. Right. Yeah. And that whole thing. Um. Yeah. Speaking of act voice actors, they used to have that, that SAG after strike. Oh, for TV animation. Yeah. I was reading a lot of comments online, and people were like, yeah, those animators really need to unionize. I'm like, A, there is an animation union, and B, do you know what SAG-AFTRA is? You, right, you yeah. Ass? I see yeah. a lot of people who have no idea what the fuck they're talking about on the internet. You know, the sad thing about all that... Okay, so everybody, the uh, voice actors have decided to go on strike for TV animation, right? So... The sad thing that no one wants to think about, but this is totally going to happen, is let's say they get what they want and they get higher wages. That money that's being allocated to those actors is going to come out of the pockets of the animators. That's what's going to happen. Uh, yeah, I doubt they'll increase the overall budgets of shows. No. That would be surprising. That, never, that, that, that world doesn't exist. Like, you know, as a... 
working stiff animator type. Well, I want residuals. Hey, that'd be great. I would love that. Like I get right, like writers and directors and people. I get why they get residuals because like you know, their visions, like literal their literal vision or their literal characters that they created are can be used later, and they should get part of that. Yeah. That uh, you know, part of that pie. But like for an actor. It's like it's not really in the same thing. I don't know, but like, yeah. Mostly, I'm just saying that because you know, like fucking gaffers and cinematographers don't get shit. Well, here's the here's the problem. Actors will always have more negotiating power than anybody when it comes to unions, because let's let's say such nice voices. Well, yeah, that's the thing. Is like, okay, you watch this show because because Will Ferrell is the the dad oblong. Right? It's true. He this, was. This show's funny, and I recognize that Will Ferrell is what's making this funny. Right? Or, you know, whatever. That's just an example. But it's like, you can't just replace the voice acting. Yeah. You can't just replace Homer Simpson or whatever. Right? But that's the problem with anybody else. Gaffers, or, or, or in this case, animators. If an animator says, you know what? I want more money, and we're all going to go on strike. And then, and then they all go on strike. What do you do? What's that? It sounds like India. Right. You either say, you know what? Fuck it. We could just outsource you guys. Let's just outsource this to India. Or you're like, hey, look at all these other starving, right out of college animators that are looking for work. We can pay them less. They're not going to complain. Suddenly we have our staff back. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Like, you know, for VFX, my industry, uh, for folks who don't know, um, if every if VFX did a union, everyone there was a VFX strike. Everyone in Hollywood agreed to go on strike, which is a miracle if you got that to happen. Uh huh. Um, and like you somehow convinced every young up and uh, whippersnapper up and comer to also be in the strike because you know, come on, like, hey kid, don't you want? We if you're you're gonna get more money too in this whole thing, it's good for everyone. They're like, yeah, you're right. And so they they don't right. fill those jobs. You just they're just gonna send it to to China or India or wherever right. and they're going to learn that that sucks, that you're not really saving money because the amount of retakes you have to do and the amount of oh, like, yeah. translation stuff and all that stuff yeah. ends up wasting a lot of valuable time and money and effort ends and all up that being thing. around the same amount, if yeah. not a little bit more. If not more. And so yeah. you're going to end up with shitty-looking movies for a couple of years, and then they'll cave, and then they'll go in. But you have to. that's going to be a few years of production right? where they'll be like, this is not worth it. Let's just pay people higher wages. Yeah. And so, I mean, and so, like, either way... That's pretty. You're you're pretty fucked, art artists. Yeah. No, it sucks. So, um, we'll see how that pans out. Hey, maybe we'll even uh keep you updated on what that. I like. I don't know. This is probably a bad idea, but I theorize what might be kind of all right is if big studios like Warner Brothers open their own proprietary VFX and animation houses. Oh, yeah. Like, this is, like, Warner Brothers VFX, and this is, like, we got job security. We don't have to bid for shit. Yeah. We just, you pay, we, you get paid a salary, and you work on our movies. And, like, you know, we make Warner Brothers movies, we make Warner Brothers movies, and we always got shit for you guys. It really, it really should be that way, right? Unfortunately, I, you know, you don't get the bids, which they exactly. want, they want to drive down those prices. They, they want people to underbid each other, and they want the cheapest prices they can. But that would be the ideal thing, I think. It's like, oh, yeah, I work at Warner Brothers VFX. We work on Warner Brothers movies. Yeah. And then, you know, oh, I'm at Disney VFX. ILM's kind of Disney VFX. Pretty much. But, yeah. uh, you know, and that kind of stuff. But then, but also at the same time, 
Chew. You know, ILM will work on Warner Brothers movies and they'll work on Fox movies and work on everyone's movies because ILM is sort of, you know, even though they're owned by Disney now, uh, they're still a their independent own house. Yeah. Same thing with Weta and all those guys. Right. So it's, yeah, it's just interesting. Very interesting. Speaking of which, real quick tidbit. Ah, never mind. It's too secret. I can't say. What? Nothing. Nothing. I was going to tell you a movie I'm working on, but I can't say. Oh, okay. Well, actually, that reminds me of one more announcement. Hey, I'm about to move out of my place by the end of the month. Say what? And guess where I'm moving? Hollywood. No. North Hollywood. No. West Hollywood. No. South Hollywood. To the sunny town of Burbank. Burbank. Yeah. That's where they filmed The Tonight Show. Uh, yeah. And Conan O'Brien. <laughs> Speaking of Warner Brothers, actually, folks who don't live in L.A., that is where Warner Brothers is. Yeah. And folks who do live in L.A., sorry, sorry, sorry to bother you. <laughs> but yeah, moving to Burbank, going to have some fun. Uh, you know, maybe hit up that uh, Bob's Big Boy a little bit more often. Are that is that technically Toluca Lake? Who gives a fuck? It's still Bob's Big fuck? Boy. Yeah. Bob Burger, Big Boy, Burbank. Yeah. Um. But yes, very excited. Moving to Burbank. Go to Warner Brothers. Throw your scripts over their hedge. Dude, I would love to do that. Just like take some scripts and just like hurl them over and with your, you know, just say write call me on on the front and just hope for the best. <laughs> but with that said, listen, I've lived in North Hollywood for four years. I there's a special place in my heart for North Hollywood. I love it. I love the name North Hollywood. Uh, I think North Hollywood's a shithole. Really? No, I'm kidding. I'm, oh, just, okay, I'm, teas- I'm teasing you. They've got the NoHo Arts District. Arts District. I like the Arts District. Uh, which is building a Whole Foods right on that Lancashire, right on right on Lancashire there, uh, uh, right on Magnolia and Lancashire. There's gonna be a Whole Foods by local talk. Yeah. Very cool. Whole Foods is expensive. You should get, though. well, I mean, like, you already got Movie Pass. I got the AMC Movie Pass because in Burbank, there's three AMCs right next to each other. And AMC Movie Pass is awesome because you can get that fucking sweet Dolby yeah. seats for yeah. free. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you something else. The regular Movie Pass, just Movie Pass by itself, that's, that's, uh, that's stacking up to be kind of an incriminating deal. So there might be a time where I have to get rid of it. Like, folks at home. I don't want to be no corporate shill, but I just got AMC A-List, and the cost of a ticket to see Mission Impossible 6 in Dolby Super Surround Sound Awesome Seats was more than the price it would to, to buy a month worth of AMC A-List. So I have saved money on one ticket already. I've like, wow. So one ticket was all it cost to, just, to justify this. There so you go. if you live in super expensive LA, totally worth it. Also, if you're buying AMC. If you're not... Don't listen to me. You're welcome, AMC. You're welcome. Yeah, I'm like you know I'm 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 a I'm a corporate whore. I'm like that guy from Thank You to Bother You. Or thank, thank you. you to bother you. I always want to say thank you. For sorry smoking. to smoke you. Yeah, sorry, sorry. to smoke you. <laughs> God damn. Um, that's cool. Mike, yeah. before we go, huh? I just got back from family vacation and I'm bothered because every fucking photo of me that's taken outdoors. I look like the fucking evil barber from Courage the Cowardly Dog. My fucking eyebrows disappear in the sunlight. Oh wow! Because I I have I, I kind of <laughs> I have kind of blonde hair, right? Like it's a dirty blonde hair. And when the sun shines through it, I just have and I have a heavy brow. I don't know if you've noticed, folks at home, you definitely haven't. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, my fucking eyebrows they just go disappear, and I look like a grimacing villain. Jeez. Well, hey man, don't worry about it. You're you're fine. Sometimes, no, yeah. sometimes you have eyebrows, sometimes you don't. David Bowie in the 70s, at the peak of his powers, at the height of his powers, 
no eyebrows. Well, I guess I'm talking could... diamond dog, like right in between diamond dogs and uh, young Americans. That's like prime time beefcake. Everyone's David Bowie favorite he's character. Like uh, Seventy pounds. He's a skeleton with no eyebrows. Everyone's favorite character. Worm tongue. No eyebrows. Oh yeah, worm tongue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not, I know. I mean, you can see him. I just, they're just very faint. I thought it was funny because I, I was looking at my photos today because I uh, I I took two photos because I forgot to take photos, but my family took photos and I was looking yeah. at them just like God, I'm such a, I'm, I'm hideous. I'm a monster. <laughs> We're approaching the hundredth episode. I believe this is episode uh, ninety-seven. Ninety-seven. Three more episodes after this. So, uh, buckle your seatbelts. Buckle your seatbelts. I was gonna say that uh, because starting with episode one hundred. Well, starting with or well, maybe premiering with. Yes, we're doing. Yeah, we are gonna do a visual episode. I don't know if we're that, going to attempt to do a visual yes. episode. The audio or the visual audio might get all fucked up and not sync or something. So or if you something. Do, if you don't see it, that's what happened. But we're gonna goddamn try to make yeah. a filmed video podcast, and then you will be able to look at that on YouTube. Um, I'll be. This will be in our our new headquarters in sunny Burbank. Oh, we should get a poster. Um. So that will be fun. Yes, we should get a poster. Anyways, Alex, why don't you leave them with uh, our, our usual parting words? Oh, I also want to say for this episode 100, I will do something similar to what I did in episode 52, the year the year anniversary. Well, I will, oh I will drink some wine on the air. Not the whole bottle, though. Drunken words speak a sober mind. Am I right? I don't know what that means. <laughs> Anyways, that's been episode 97 of the Filmtastic Voyage, title to be dis- uh, figured out later. Um, TBA TBA you'll probably see it in the in the header of this uh, if you want to reach us and let us know anything anything at all we're at filmtestedvoyage.com filmtestedvoyage <laughs> at gmail.com which is our fabulous website or uh, email and uh, filmtestedvoyage or god facebook.com slash filmtestedvoyage and we're also on Letterboxd I'm Batman Crothers I'm Mr. Kerosene and we write fun reviews and stuff or at least you can see what I rate yeah. things and I guess I'll have to go back and retroactively make everything out of five stars oh Jesus I'm getting a lot of shit for that yeah leave us some comments tell us your secrets your secrets <laughs> um hey everybody we are a part of a bigger podcast network are you a podcast file? Are you just chomping at the bit for podcasts? Podcast cinematic. Do you universe. have a million hours on your hands because you just got like uh, put on a plane across the world or summer something? vacation? Got to go to yeah. It's all I ever wanted. Um, let me listen. Podcast network. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Both, both, uh, you know, uh, both conduits for your comments for your ratings. So, you know, leave some. Damn. Leave God, us some. God damn. Leave us some ratings. Leave us some comments. Uh, tell your friends about us. We are always looking for new fans. <laughs> We're always looking for new friends. All right. You're our friend. They're, they could be our friends. Um, we will make you a custom t-shirt just yeah. for you. Actually, yes. If someone wants a custom t-shirt, I'll fucking do that. I don't know. It would be Fuck. of. I'll just take a Sharpie on a white It'll shirt. be Kurt Russell hamburger, just <laughs> or whatever that thing was. Oh yeah, the Kurt Russell hamburger. Yeah. Um, all right, everybody. We already have that art, so we do. We have to, uh, you know, make some arrangement with the artist for copyright reasons. But uh, 
I'm sure she'll be. I'm sure she'll be fine with it. We'll you, give her a cut. Do you want? Do you, gentle audience member, want a Kurt Russell hamburger T-shirt? Let us know in the comments. <laughs> All right, everybody. I'm just. I'm not saying goodbye. I'm just saying. What are you saying? Goodbye. What do you say? <laughs>